Hit me on the one. What's up, y'all? Welcome, welcome. It's your two favorite SOBs, SOB TV coming at you. Welcome to this wonderful, terrific Thursday. I'm Kenny Pats. I am Todd C. And we are here for one more episode. It's going to be a good episode tonight. Good, good, good. This episode six. We got some heavy hitters waiting in the back. We got some heavy, 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 heavy hitters waiting. Don't forget to comment, like, share, and subscribe. Go right now in the comments. Let us know you're on. If you have questions, you can DM us. Yes. There's the DJ thing. Rock. There it is right there. DJ Rock will let you in. If you want to be anonymous and you don't want to show that face, it's understandable. You can just do the audio portion. If you have a comment that you want to, uh, a question you want to ask, I'm here on live. So let me know in the comments and I will read it to our guests. What's going on with you today, Ty? Man, listen, I'm glad to be back. Glad to be here with you again for this SOB TV, Sons of a Bishop TV. This is the part where we say reach out and share this page right now. Let somebody know that we are on right now. We need to let people know that we got a good show here tonight. We got some great, like Pat said, we got some great people here heavy tonight. Hitters. Some heavy hitters. Uh, I said earlier they've made music you have shouted to, danced to in the club. And some of y'all probably made some babies to their music. I ain't did that one. Yeah, uh, some of you probably have made some babies. We got some heavy hitters in the building with us tonight. So what we need you to do right now is like this page, share, put people's names. Let's start hashtagging. Uh, what else we want to do? Put at symbols. People you mm -hmm. know that should be here. They forgot or they need a reminder. Your church put musician. their names. If your church musician is on, let them know we're on. We're going to talk about that tonight. Yes, church musicians. We got some. We're going to have a great time. I'm looking forward to it. So um, what's been going on with you? You well, always have good words for us. And uh well, last weekend, um, I went to New York. If you saw my hey Whitney, I went to if y'all went to last week, I went to um New York City. I hung out with my godson, Timothy Patrick Nash, my godson. I didn't know his name was middle name was Patrick. It is his middle name That's, is Patrick. Know, and I've known the boy Timothy since he was born. Patrick. So I was there when he was born. So he called. And he wanted me to come up. So I went up and we hung out. I had a wonderful, he was a wonderful host. Um, he is up there. He's a fashion designer. He is doing an awesome job with his clothing. I'm very proud of him. He went to college. He got his master's degree. He is making fashions. And I'm so proud of him. But guess what? He wore me out. <laughs> I'm like, he's like, God, daddy, we're we going to go. My friends want to. I'm like, boy, I am of a certain age. I do not hang out. He was getting, we was getting dressed at midnight. I'm about to go to sleep. <laughs> but we had, I had a good time. I had some wonderful friends. And um, when a loved one calls and they want you to come visit them, go visit. Go check on your people. Go see what's going on. So I'm glad I got to know that he's doing okay. Thank you, Timothy. I had a wonderful time. God, daddy loves you. He's very proud of you. And it was good. They all thought I was his age. I can see that. You look you young. Know, we got, you some look young. got some good we jeans. We got some good jeans. Got some good jeans. Mama, daddy side. 
Yeah, Uncle Mike and Melvin, if y'all watch it, y'all know Uncle Mike and Melvin. We got they good look genes, good. So. My mom and we got good genes, but I told the kids they thought I was fake. Like, oh, you just a fake guy. Daddy. I'm like, no, I was there. Right. <laughs> no, really, I was there when he was born. So I had a good time. If you've never been to New York City, you got to check it out. Three days tops. That's about all you can take. But it's a fun time. We had a good time. But I'm kind of rested now. So I'm good. Wow, you got to kick it with the with the uh, with the youngsters. Yeah, be another six months so that happened. Got to hang out with the youngsters. <laughs> well, listen, yeah. we're not gonna take up a whole lot of time. We don't want to keep our guests waiting. No, let's not do that. We don't want to keep our guests waiting. So, yeah. a couple weeks ago, we were having our production meeting, and to my surprise, Pat and uh, our producer DJ Rock and a couple more people the subject came up of church and musicians and it struck a chord with me because I am used to be a musician. I came from the church and, and they were very, what should I say? Vocal about having this conversation and they had questions. They would say there was issues and just different things that they wanted to discuss and uh, share. I thought it would be a good mm -hmm. form and panel for people to yeah. talk. It was all, it's been, it's like, it's, been in the um what do you say social media we had bishop morton talking to the musicians then we had musicians doing a uh how they you know not treated well then we have musicians who say that the church um doesn't want them to play in secular venues and so it's just it's been a topic we both grew up in church with our dads i i didn't get a dime <laughs> nothing <laughs> i didn't get nothing like, nothing nothing if i could go back for retro pay I'd retire. <laughs> but you know what? When you look at it, though, it did teach us something. We did get skills. We did. We learn. did. We it did. allowed you we did. to we did. take a skill that you didn't have. Right. You did, And you cultivated this skill very well in an environment that encouraged you. And it gave you what I call transferable skills. You took that right. confidence. Then you applied it to when you went to school. Right. Uh, your job. To your job. Your job. Your um. Uh, management skills as far as leadership skills. You right. had to learn how to, if you like a minister of music, you know, you got the musicians, you got the choir, I had the dancers. So you learn how to, <laughs> reparations, how to say reparations are due. <laughs> <laughs> so you learned and you took all of that stuff. So yeah, I enjoyed it. We enjoyed it. We didn't think about getting paid. Nope. It wasn't until uh, I found out. See, that it was two different things when we grew up. The apostolic, that's what the denomination we grew up. You wasn't gonna get paid. There's no we saying apostolic as a whole. Oh, you wasn't gonna get whole, okay. you wasn't gonna get paid. You was gonna probably be some of the best musicians. But then there was the Baptist, and they believe in paying. My first paying job, I made $25 a week. <laughs> I asked the deacons to pay me in all singles because <laughs> I was working. So I take my oh, 20. <laughs> So, anyway, anyway, we're, we're going with that. So, uh, so there's all kind of things we're going to talk about tonight. Let's not keep the people waiting, Pat. We can sit up here all night. Listen, the first guest he hails from Los Angeles, California. Yeah. Uh, he's a noted drummer, a recording mm -hmm. producer, and a songwriter. He's worked with Timberland, Missy Elliott, Sean Puff Daddy Combs. I'm not gonna listen. I'm not gonna go down their list because we'll be here all night. Like I tell Aaliyah. people, <laughs> Pat. Like I tell people, all these gentlemen are Googleable. They're Googleable. Let's bring on our first guest and welcome him. Give him a big SOB. He is an SOB also. He is a son of a bishop from Los Angeles, standing at six foot seven, a heavy hitter. He is also <laughs> one of the bad boys, hit makers. 
Nissan Stewart. Yo, Yo, welcome to the show. Did he say six? Yeah, he's six seven. Not six seven. Six five, brother. Six five. Six five. Take that two inches. Just take it, man. Take it, don't, it don't matter. Why How y'all doing? We good. Welcome to the show. Glad to have you tonight. I'm glad to be here with you and Pat, man. The, the, the legendary Neil brothers, my brothers. From a long time ago, we go way back. Way back. Yes, we do. We go way back. Glad to be here on SOB TV, and I am an SOB too. SOB. Let's bring the next SOB. He hails from Detroit, Michigan, from the Motown. He also comes from a a family and a bloodline of great musicians. Mm -hmm. Preachers. Oh, man. Gospel singers, producer, Mary Mary. his own brother Dietrich, Dietrich had, had yeah. a man of standard. The list goes on and on. You even rocked with him with Tamara. Is that her name? Tamara Braxton. Tam- Tam- Tamar. Tamar. As the mom say, Tamar. Tamar Braxton. Let's welcome Brother Bishop, Dr. Gerald Hatton. Woo! Welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome. To- <laughs> <laughs> ah, with the glove. How you doing, sir? I'm blessed. How you doing, sons? I forgot to tell y'all he's a comedian. Also, oh wow! How you doing? You all right, man? What's that say? What does this thing say, Pat? Look, what it say? I said, what it say? Gerald Hatton. Yes. How you doing, Gerald? You all right, man? I'm blessed. I, I blessed. came with the monogram. Zach. <laughs> oh, y'all. Y'all said we was going live. You said go live. We're going live. Oh, I give the people, I'm giving the people who you know what it is. All right. I can't. <laughs> we so glad to have oh, you tonight. Oh, where are you at? What oh, city are you in? I'm in Atlanta. Well, Buford. Atlanta. beautiful and Buford. Uh, excuse me, Doc. What's those things sitting behind your shoulder? Oh. <laughs> we'll call lanterns. Nah, the, on, on the, the shelf, on the the shelf right side. behind under the lanterns. A table. No, no. Oh, top on of the top table. of the table. What are those, sir? It's called a shelf on the top of the table. That a, they look like doves. It's old dove Do, They're doves. They're something. Oh, you know, oh, just, a, just a few Stella Awards. That's all. Oh, oh Stella Awards. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Oh, just a few. Just a few. Just a few. <laughs> he don't want to talk about it. He don't want to talk about it. All right. It's not about me. Fellas, this is not about me, okay? This is not about me. Tonight, this I'm sorry. It's about I'm here to serve. You you here to serve? I'm here to All serve. right, Why ladies not? and gentlemen, we're so glad to have this. He's also a sob. He's a That's stellar. Right. Award so what does the sob stand for? Because that, you know, son of a what? Bishop. Bishop. Oh, okay, okay. Yes, yes I'm an sob. <laughs> that I am. Yeah, you are. Yes, yes, yes I am. Uh, yes, Stellar Award winner. We welcome you tonight. We're glad welcome, to have you here, Jesus. sir. Our yes. next, our next guest Woo. also hails from Motown. Uh, man, extraordinary keyboard. Uh, I forget what you call a person that can play everything, and this is that guy. Play everything, people. We love him. Uh, from Faith Evans, his biggest hit, Men of Standard. Uh, man, the man is talented, a great bass player. He does a lot. Wow. Oh, also, he has a line of sunglasses. Oh, okay. Come on now. We got to make sure we talk about okay, that. Okay, we got to come back on the show. Welcome from Detroit, 
Mr. Marcus Divine. Welcome, welcome. What's up, fellas? What's up? What's man? happening? Look at Marcus. He look like an artist. Look at him. Got the boy. black background. Come on, Marcus. Marcus. No, that boy is fire. He is also known as the Heat Miser. Oh, yeah. come on. He now. put out them hits. That fire. That's Thanks, bro. Marcus, no, this is the first time, man. What's up, Pat? How are you? Welcome to the show. Nice to meet you. Man, same here, man. Nice to meet you. Welcome. Now, yeah, what's I'm, I'm, I'm an SOB too, man. Man, I was going <laughs> to say on, that. Come on. I yeah, already well, know. We got all SOBs. <laughs> <laughs> all SOBs in here. Welcome, gentlemen. First of all, we say thank you for coming out tonight. Uh, you heard some of the things we talked about uh, before the show started. And also, we talked about we're going to put it in structure in our main for this show. So we're going to talk about the church, how it began, how it functions in the music world. Then we'll discuss the transition going from the church to the secular world. And then for those that want to know, how do I make the transition? We all know everyone's as a musician, a singer, songwriter, everyone's wants to transition and go and be where you guys sit in the rooms you sit in uh make the records have the contacts you have we want to discuss that so uh had you have some questions you wrote down and yeah i have start a, off at where at the church and how okay so you all i'm sure it started off at your dad's church or ministry uh playing being involved in the music ministry how did you um how did you all get to the level of, okay, first, how y'all met the artists that you work with? Did you, did you go to a talent show? Did you just happen to walk in the studio? Did you just, how did you meet the people that you worked with? And I guess the second part is that, how did the church react? How did your parents or your dad say, for instance, Nissan, we'll start with you. So your dad, Mr. Okay. Stewart, and you say, "Well, dad, I'm about to go play with a Missy Elliott." What, what did, what, what was that? What was that like? First, with with me, it started out. I, let me give you a little context. It started out. I, I didn't even plan on becoming a professional musician. I, it was just fun to me. And my father, uh, he was protective of me and protective of me and my brother Rapture growing up, and. He wouldn't let us play for any church. He, that's what I thought he wow. was. But <laughs> but when uh, Warren, you know, when Warren Campbell started coming around, my father and you know my mother and his family, they were real cool. And so my dad, you know, when Warren had his gospel group and was doing some things, he rode with him. Fast forward, um, I thought I was going to play football, and then uh, Warren called me one day, wanted an opportunity to with this chick named Puff Johnson. Um, who was signed to Randy Jackson them at MCA. We went out and did a gig, a couple gigs, and I saw the check afterwards. I was like, I can make money like this? <laughs> Which was more money than I was making at the time. Fast forward to that, um, you know, we started working with Timberland. What happened was my buddy Shep Crawford, who is now a pastor, came to our church to a church to a concert. And uh, he said, um, are y'all free Wednesday? He enjoyed the concert. He was working with Def Jam. Uh, he, I said, yeah, we free. I said, what's up? Uh, and he said, uh, uh, I want y'all to have an opportunity to do the Keenan Ivory Wayne show with, with Timbaland. We did that. We killed that show. And in between that, um, right after that show that Wednesday, he said, y'all free Friday. 
Def Jam was having a party that Friday night, and he, we needed to learn 20 songs on that Thursday. We mm. played with Aaliyah, Timbaland, uh, Missy, Genuine, and Player, and we killed it. And after that, the rest was history. So my father, he wasn't really tripping at that. Well, at first, you know, because he didn't really know that we could make money like that. And we started showing him the checks. He's like, well, all right, make sure y'all, make sure y'all good, good tithers. Don't be out there misrepresenting right. the name. Uh, and so he, don't go you know, it, it was a little, it was a little, little uh, uh, slack that was given and some people were tripping with him. But, you know, as, when my father started tripping, I had to tell him, listen, now either you're going to believe that we receive what you taught us or you like, come on, you, ain't, you can't come have on. a leash on everybody. You got to let them go. That come don't on, study the word is. to practice it in the house. We study to practice it out where we go. And I'm not saying that I was perfect. Uh, no. None of us really are, but but you know, I went out there and I held to those standards. And that character that he taught me helped me to still be in the game today. I I didn't try to retire a bunch of times. I just Got flew it. home late, late last night from doing a big television special on country music television with Nelly and a bunch of country artists. So wow. we're still doing it twenty plus years later. You know, Wonderful. and I'm glad Gerald doing it. One Gerald gonna tell y'all about the story and how he almost quit because he felt convicted. He gonna tell you the story. Yeah, he went home, he threw away all, all his Don't worldly CDs. He didn't even listen, he didn't even get the check. He left, he didn't even take the check. We brought him in to do a show with us with genuine. We did he was it LA Live. He left. He said, I, I gotta go. I can't go to I gotta go. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta live right. It still ain't living right. It's 20 years later. It still ain't. We're going to take it to Brother Gerald now to hear the truth. <laughs> Gerald, same question and kind of, you know, line it up the way uh, Nissan did. Well, mine, I started out as a drummer first. I was the, I was a drummer first. And anybody ever see me play drums, I call myself the locksmith because once I lock it up, it's a problem. Um, So I'm still a locksmith on drums. Nissan knows. Don't do that, bro. Don't do that. <laughs> So Marcus. I on drums and I moved to keyboards or organ. And then um, my first gig was straight out of high school with Godfathers, which was um, Witness. And I went from Witness to like Vanessa Bell Armstrong and people in Detroit, you know, Donnie McClurkin, the Winans. And then I first got my pinch of R&B was with Aaliyah, a guy by the name of Kern Brantley. Um, Leonard, well, we call him Kern. Um, he put me on to Aaliyah. He was like, yo. You want to play for Leah? I started playing for Leah, and then um the rest was history. Then Nissan them, when they think and Nissan the story he was just telling y'all about. So they're about to do L.A. Live, and um, Monty Newble can't make it. So Nissan called me and said, "Yo, you need to um, come down here, come do this genuine hit with us." I said, "Absolutely." So I found out, do the show with them. Um, show went great, dope show. So I get home and Nissan. What happens is I go back. And then Nissan like, oh, we're going to so-and-so, we're going to so-and-so, we're about to go on tour with Genuine. I said, oh, no. I'm convinced. <laughs> if, if God come back while we over there hitting that thing saying, my pony, and, and y'all bust so wide open, I'm going to be right there with y'all. If that plane go down while I'm up there singing my, my pony. And I told, I called, they done bought plane tickets and everything. I'm like, yo, I, I can't go. I'm not doing it. Nissan like, you serious? I'm like, dead serious, Nissan. I mind you, I had just got married, too, so I'm, I'm trying to live. I'm like, Oh, wow. <laughs> so Nissan went without me. He went without me, but it was something. 
It was something key that Nissan. Well, I'll let, I'll let Marcus talk because I'll tell you later. No, I got a question though for you. Nissan gonna say something that's gonna strike. I mean, um, Nissan. Marcus gonna say something that's gonna strike it up. Now I got a question though for you, Gerald. Okay. Where did that thing? Because you're not. I know that you're not the first person, right? That had that type of feeling, right? Because I've seen people do it myself. Speak on that. Why did you feel that way, and why is that in our culture like that? I felt that way because the church made me feel that way. If I be totally honest, it wasn't nothing I read. Um, I was young too. I was brand, well, I was 20 something. Um, But even in coming up, I did all gospel artists. You know, I even played with John P. Key for four or five years. I was doing the gospel scene and it was something about that. So mentally, how they treated everything made you like, you can't do that. Like even we was told, you can't take communion unworthily. Like if you sin the night before, you can't take communion. So I'm like, oh, so you knew everybody who sinned when they got to church because they wouldn't take communion. So I'm like, this don't make sense. But anyway, um, that's how I felt about it. It wasn't nothing nobody told me. I just felt that way. Then I, I felt, condemnation. Yeah, I just felt that way because that's how we grew up. Like you can go to hell. Yeah. You, and you heard over the pulpit all the time. You can go to hell for uh, Unclean light can be with darkness, and you you hearing it and hearing it. But my parents would never. My dad was never um, dogmatic. And you tell me, Marcus, if you felt that way, because Marcus um, went to our church for years. Oh, my dad was never against us playing any kind of music. Like when I started doing army, right. he wasn't that type that said you couldn't do it. He said, as long wow. as it's clean and you you gonna be okay, do it. But I just felt when I did that. Cause think about it. I did a Leah. I did a Leah. And then after doing Aaliyah, that's when um we went on tour. We was on tour. Marcus was up with two on tour with Aaliyah. And then all of a sudden, Mark, um, a couple of years or so later, um, Nissan called me about genuine. And I get married, and I don't know, I'm trying to live. I'm like, all right. And then I had just got married and I was still going through about another girl. I don't even lie to you. So I'm in a place trying to trying to get my mind like, oh God, fix me. I can't be out here on that road when that singing on my pony. I'm already, I'm already saying what the heck I done did get, by getting married. And I add my pony onto that. I just felt, I just felt. I ain't going. Listen, I'm not going with my pony. Sorry. My pony on. And I'm, I'm glad Nissan, um, if I can say this real talk, I'm glad he didn't even give up on me even years later when we started doing more R&B work together and different things. Because since... Since that incident, that was the first one that we had of that, but we ended up doing more tours and more studio sessions together, you know what I mean? And TV shows. So I'm glad he didn't give up on me for that one time. I felt convicted. And I felt like the, it might have been the, this is what it was. It was I found the new Christian again, if that makes sense. You know how when you turn into a new Christian, you stop doing everything you ever done. You like put it down. Like I just tell Tammy, don't you ain't drinking no cooler. It only had five percent alcohol. I don't know. No girl of mine gonna drink no cooler. You know what I'm saying? And she's like, it ain't even mine. I'm like, well, don't even be around a cooler. Don't be around nobody. Don't be around nobody who I was a new Christian. And the new Christian always beats beat everybody. That's what Jesus. Thank you. That you man. sure you sure was a new Christian drinking coolers. Right. I wasn't drinking no coolers. But oh yeah. Okay. Oh man. Marcus. I don't right, drink coolers. <laughs> Okay, I knew this was gonna be this kind of show. Marcus, look at him. He's shaking his head. He already knows. Hey, no, I'm, I'm laughing at the cooler situation. He almost put me out of his truck for a cooler one time. Wow. Wow. 
didn't do it. He didn't what? I, I didn't play. Go ahead, Marcus. <laughs> he, he was about to put you He out told me, him. you can't drink that cool in my truck. <laughs> I was like, what? 5% alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> well, Marcus, share with the people, you know, how you got started and, you know, with the church and kind of well, same question the other guys answered. Well, I started in quartet. Like, I'm, when I say quartet, I'm talking about, like, fried chicken smelling through the whole service quartet like you know what i mean like um and then i actually i met gerald i, I played for a lot of community choirs and then okay. I, I met gerald he's like man come over to the church and i started playing drums at gerald father church because day was young and um the way i got into r&b though it was with Aaliyah, but gerald was going to rehearsal and he was like yo man come and ride with me to rehearsal and i was just there and the, the background singer that they hired didn't show up that day. And Kern was like, Marcus, come and sing this note. And when Aaliyah got there, she liked me and was like, I want him. And after that, it took off like crazy. And from that point on, if they're speaking to Genuine, I leave at 7 o'clock in the morning to go do a show with him tomorrow. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> <laughs> That's, That's funny. funny. <laughs> now, yeah. Marcus, in mm -hmm. your growing up, we know that, you know, Church wasn't always supportive of you and what you were doing. What were some of the obstacles and things you faced? Let's start at your foundation. Um, it's, it's kind of the same thing that Gerald was talking about. Um, being convicted, you know, because I was in church. I was in church on Sunday, but my whole life was East Side Detroit. I'm talking about hood. I didn't see people shot. Like it was a so kind of living both lives like i wasn't shooting nobody but just living in that world you know what i mean so going to church trying to be different um like we i had earrings i didn't have earrings 30 years like i used to get beat up about that at church you know what i mean like you wear earrings in your ear such and such and such and such now all my friends got earrings look at your like you know what i mean <laughs> like you know what i mean but so it was that kind of thing and, and doing the music um side like i always produced r&b Okay. You know what I mean? Okay. But as far as being a musician on tour, that was new once I I, I did the Leah thing. So it was my once my mother told me that it was okay, I was cool. But before that, mm. be, growing up in church, it was definitely you know scary. It's something about that mama, right? That mama's approval. It's right. something about that mama's approval, ain't it? Mm. Absolutely. Something about that mama's approval. Now in this new century we're in, this new era. Okay, we said we're going to discuss. I'm going to throw it all over the place. The transitions, and we pretty much covered that. People used to, I used to remember people say, let your light shine so men can see your good works. And I know I've spoken to other people in our circles about how the church really beats you up about being over there, but they really don't know how many people's lives you affected, affected by being over there. It wasn't that you was over there, like Nissan said, I'm not perfect. But I know, for one, being on the road myself, mm -hmm. there's been individuals you have met that didn't even know nothing mm -hmm. about church and God mm -hmm. and your light shining. So one, go ahead and pick up on that for me, Nissan. Well, it's, it's interesting, as you were saying, that, you know, light doesn't exist like darkness exists. You know what I'm saying? The light has to always show up. You know what I'm mm -hmm. saying? 
And when, without the light is, is dark. Dark is not, you can't turn on darkness. You know, a light has to go out. For me, to the same thing with what Marcus Devine said, um, you know, my mother, when she passed in 2004, um, this interesting thing with me, because I always, you know, share the story how I decided I was going to accept the call to the ministry if the Lord healed my mother. I told the Lord that on the plane ride, leaving from working on Missy's, I think we were working on the um, Under Construction uh, album. I think that was the title of that album. And I'm on the plane ride crying because I know my mama's sick and my brother's telling me, you know, I need to come home. And when I get home, I mean, when I'm on the plane ride, the Lord tells me, you know, I'm a, I'm a healer. I mean, I'm a healer my way and you still gonna preach the gospel. Mm. And so then when I get to the hospital, we get home, get my mother to the hospital. My mother tells me, she says, whatever you do, don't, don't stop playing the music. You're going to be able to talk to some people that others ain't going to be able to talk to. Mother's and Ger Gerald, you know, Gerald knew, knew my mama. I don't know. No, I don't know to this day. Nobody that was holier than my mom. Right. And, uh, for her to say that, you know, that's why I kept doing it. Even when I became, you know, pastor and still do it today, you know, I'm selective of what I do. Um, and it has to be a purpose. I don't force it. But um, at the end of the day, you know, it was it was her approval. Now, as far as how the church felt about it, I had no interest or concern to even finding out whether the church cared about it or not, because I knew for me, I got bills to pay. Right. And the one thing that hasn't hasn't been talked about at all, you know, it's just about what we look at. And I understand there's a lot of stuff that's out there. As well, and I know all three of us to say it ain't for everybody. Right. right. We know we, we know people that have went out and done some things that they that may have took them out. But I can't say that it was because of the secular music, because everything I learned as bad as I was in, in my flesh, I learned it in the church. I didn't learn it in the world. Right. Let me just be all the way real. I learned it all Come on. In, the, Come on. In, in that environment. So, you know, we have to practice what we learn, whatever arena we in. But, you know, for me, uh, the transition is it's, it's just been I just love great music. You know, I, like all of it, I love, like, I just got finished, you know, I came back yesterday from a thing we did on the country music uh, network, and I'm getting ready to go out on the tour. You know what I'm saying? It's a huge tour. I'm going to pay a lot of money, and I'm going to get back to church to share the gospel. But, um, you know, for me, it's about being around good people. It's about playing great music, and, uh, you know, ch church folk going to just get over it. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the way you have to you know what i'm saying i think i think we we did a disservice the church we have a lot the church uh or the leaders of the church have a lot of repenting to do wow. how they has treated a lot of people not just in this arena but in a lot of arenas you know me and Gerald, we, you know we talk about it all the time um there's a lot of people that, and it wasn't intended for god you know it wasn't intended for god's leaders to handle people that way because they disagreed with something Instead of teaching people right. how to live in this world, we got to teach people right. how to live right. in this world, doing things, and then uh, you know, and then you know, teach them how to use the two most powerful things you got, and that is your yes and your no. Those are two, right. <laughs> you know, yeah, Come I can on. do this. No, I'm not doing that. A &A. So, yeah, yeah, we we learn it, we learn it, and and mm -hmm. you know, it is what it is. Thank you. Those are great words. For those that didn't know, Nissan is a pastor and Gerald. So Gerald, if you will follow up with that. Uh, and kind of piggyback off what uh, Nissan was talking about. Well, he said it all. I call him E, y'all, for elder. 
I call him E. So if y'all hear me say E, he's all right. But, but, but uh, I think E was talking good. Bottom line is, I agree with him about we have this conversation all the time about the church going to have to repent. But I believe we need to learn how to live as Christians. We have been stuck in a box. Um, Christians have been stuck in a box of not thinking you could do certain things. For example, churches now, there's still churches where people wear pants. The ladies or can't wear pants. Let's say that. Can't wear pants. To me, it's stuck. And what once we learn how to do this, the most amazing things, the Bible says occupy until I come. That breaks down to me, live. Live. Right. Nobody right. in a church building that could tell me how to live but Gerald. And I, right. I think Clarence Hatton put that in me a long time ago. He because he was he rocked with Marvin Gaye and the temptations, and he was friends with them. Like he tells me the story how Marvin Gaye he tried to get him to come to church um when he was um assistant pastor pastor Ray of Grace. He used to go knock on Marvin's door and say, Hey, come with me to church. Marvin say, Well, no, I have to change my lifestyle. He said, No, you don't. He said, Whatever you get, I'm gonna get. He said, Marvin got a cat lack. He went a month later, he got a cat like knock on Marvin Gaye's door and said, I got a cat like serving Jesus. Now what? Well, I can't, I'm gonna have to get rid of my mink coat. No, you're not. I'm gonna get a mink coat. I'll be back. <laughs> a month or two later, he had a cat like living in the projects. But I can see that. <laughs> my, my point, my point is he was trying to show him you can still serve Jesus and still rock like everybody else. I still can mm-hmm. go in place, go in that dark room and turn my light on. Why would I turn my light on in the room with all the lights on? It makes no sense. It makes no sense. Somebody go in, I gotta go in the room where it's dark to turn my light on. He makes and no I agree, sense. everybody's not made for it. Everybody's not made right. for it. Right. But I believe God pulled out, he plucked some of us out, quite a few of us out, to go and be that light in the place. And um, I tell this story all the time. Um, we were on tour with this artist that Nissan um, put me on, and I was with this guy for four or five years. His name was Jesse McCartney, and um, for years we toured with him. I threw together Nissan. Were you there for that? Yes, you were. Oh, it was today because you know you used to go in and out um, when we were at the, the um, Lions game, and I ended up throwing a concert. I was there. there. I was there. Okay. So remember, I asked everybody. I was like, "Come, come to the concert." I said, "We'd have been traveling with you, Jesse." and and y'all, and um, his manager didn't believe in God. His mm. manager didn't believe in God. She come from money, money, money. You know, her mama was, uh, what's her name? Uh, uh, I forgot her name. The famous writer, Carol, Carol King. Her mom was Carol King. So she, she come from money. So she didn't believe in God. But she came to that concert that night after we did the thing. They all came. Um, and that next morning we got on the bus. She was crying. I don't know if you remember this, Nissan. And she said, you know, I felt something last night that I've never felt before. And all we did was sing. Nobody preached. Nobody got up and said, turn your Bibles to. All we did was sung songs. She sat there in amazement that it was a couple of thousand people in a room singing God's music. Mm. And then we, we went from singing Jesse's music to going to church singing our music. It was it did something for her. And I, I thought it was amazing. It showed us that I like is shining. You know what right. I mean? And she said some different things. We had her conversation changed. You know, so I thought it was a great thing, and um, it actually brought relationship, and that's what they're supposed to do. And that's another thing I was gonna say early because um, Marcus said, Nissan said that um, somebody called him. Ship Crawford um, saw him at church and brought him on. Marcus said that I brought him went with me to um, rehearsal. Same thing. We've become friends. He said, um, uh, um, Warren Campbell. This it's relationship driven. Right. How we get into the game is all relationship. Right. 
Um, I'm on, I'm on records because of Nissan Stewart. I'm on records because of Marcus Divine. I'm on records because of friends, Warren Campbell. I got Grammy um, nominations and Grammy wins because of a Warren Campbell, you know, because wow. of relationships. And we grew up thinking, and I don't know if y'all felt this way, but you know how you used to be like, you only got that gig because you know so-and-so. And you're like, mm -hmm. oh, you know, you're like, no, you want to make it feel like it was your talent. But no, you're right. It was because of my friend. <laughs> I attached right. myself to somebody who was doing something else that could pull me up. I moved to Los Angeles, California because of this guy on that over there in that corner with that red Donald Trump hat on. I moved to Los Angeles because of watch your watch your mouth, devil. Oh, that don't say Donald. That don't say Donald Trump. Oh, it's okay. so, it's, oh my God. I moved to Los Angeles, California because he's not pushed me to move to Los Angeles. Between him and Tammy, pushed me to move to Los Angeles, and it was one of the best things that ever happened. Wonderful, wonderful. But that's very important that I don't think this generation know. They want to get the hookup quick, fast, in a hurry, and they mm -hmm. don't realize you spoke on something. It's relationships. It's relationships. It's relationships. It's relationships. You know, people want to know, how do I get in the business? Sometimes you just have to build relationships. Yeah. Absolutely. Can, well, I, can, I add, that, can I jump in on that? Let, Mar yeah. let Marcus jump in on that, and then I'm going to follow Marcus, because I, I want to um, talk about that point. I was just going to say this basically, too, Nissan, the same thing. It's definitely about relationships, because me and Nissan, if I have an issue, because we all music direct for people, if I got a situation with an artist, it could be a new artist, and you want to handle it right, I could call Nissan. I've called Nissan a few times, like, bro, what would you do in this situation you know, vice versa. You know, Gerald will call me if he needs something. It's definitely, definitely relationships in this business. And Nissan said once you, once they instill in you what they need to instill in you about the earlier point, you carry that out on the road. I remember me and Gerald being on the road. The best thing we could have did was been roommates because we protected each other out right. there on the road. I remember one night some of the guys knocked on the door and they came in with some girls and, and I said, don't close my door. Remember that girl? I was like, I'm like, don't you close my door. Do you close that door? We don't know them. You know what I mean? And I said it right in front of the girls, because the thing is you got to speak up. You know what you should be doing and not saying I've been perfect like Nissan, but what I'm saying is you make sure you don't get yourself in the situation that you can for like, I, I'm so proud of these two guys because in, in this business, all you hear is great things. You never, hear anything bad and we work with some of everybody in this business and you don't hear oh man guess what happened to Nissan guess what happened to Gerald you know what I mean because we've been I'm 30 I'm literally 30 years in this business you know what I mean like that's a long time to not have a name that's right toe up and not and I commend them for you know being who they are in this business man same bro that's man, dope it's man same crazy. it's crazy how I didn't. I knew you guys knew each other, you know, but I didn't know how yeah, the synergy. Oh happened. man, you know, Nissan took oh, me. It's, it's Nissan real. I've been. I oh, met Janet Jackson because of Nissan. He took me on my thirtieth birthday to meet Janet Jackson. Remember Nissan? Wow. Yeah, I remember hey, that. Bro. I remember that. Tell me, you sleep on my bunk bed over the top. I my bunk bed. You still got my shirt too. You took my shirt. Absolutely. I over you. <laughs> you know what's funny? You know what's so, uh, amazing, even about this conversation. And hopefully, there's some church musicians that are watching because I, you know, one of the things I try to do, like like at the church, my church that I pastor, I have five of the dopest guys in LA right now that's doing it. I got 
uh, Quentin Ferb on Oregon, who's 1,500 and nothing. He plays with Beyonce and Jay. I got Joe Cleveland on the bass. He's out with Tori Kelly and everybody. I got Clemens on the drums. That's Khalid's drummer. I got Chris Payton. He's out with the Isley Brothers right now, and he does all 1,500 stuff. And Delvin does 1,500 and does a, been doing a bunch of TV stuff with me. My thing, I try to just show them a way and have a covering over them. Even whether right. I say it to them all the time or not, I'm like, I'm praying for y'all, you know, not only for the success in their careers, but their protection. Because again, people look, look at the musician. The musician ain't the one I need to worry about. I need to worry about the janitor down working down the yeah. street who's really struggling, who's, who's, who's dealing on. with, you know, alcoholism and all those types of things. But the, the good thing about it is, um, if you build yourself and you uh, be church musician is continuously practicing. And I'll say this, cause I am not the greatest drummer. Never been the greatest drummer. Uh, that's not my thing, sitting, sitting, playing, doing all the stuff like everybody does. That, that wasn't my thing. I learned who I wanted to be like was Ricky Lawson and Steve Gadd. Rest in peace, Ricky Lawson. Um, because two, again, when, after Warren, to backtrack, when Warren showed me about, you know, about the opportunities and I went on that first gig and then I met Ricky Lawson. Ricky Lawson was playing for Michael Jackson. He was making a five-figure salary a week. I was like, that's what I want to do. He ain't doing, you know, everything like everybody else. And then I met these guys. They good guys. See, the the thing about it then, it wasn't no social media. It wasn't right, people right. putting on. Right. It right. wasn't no right. fake right. stuff. You, every right. week, albums was coming out. I think they was coming out on Tuesdays back in the day. Right. That career albums was coming right. out too. Right. We, we buying CDs. We opening right. CDs. Oh, so-and-so played on that. I want to be like yep. this yep. one now. And so we would go hang out. Big shout out to uh, Andrew Goucher because Goucher back in the day in L.A., he had yeah. the praise connection popping off. Yeah. Went for the, yeah. for, the, for the gospel kids that couldn't go, go to, to the, the club, club. <laughs> even, even though we were sneaking the club, the townhouse. But that's how we oh, kind of learned it and, and met people. Him. But but exactly, you talking right? I know you, you know that's true. I've been in the townhouse. That's right. But but every time it, you know there was an opportunity, we as musicians was trying to better ourselves. When I would come to Detroit, even before I was on, we hang with Marcus and Gerald and learn from them and just have good relationships as being just cool guys and watching them do what they do. Cause Detroit had a sound, that sound was, was right. crazy. And so right. I know in LA we had our thing, but just, just sharpening one another, getting better and waiting for the opportunity. Now everybody's forcing opportunity and lying and making <laughs> it seem like they doing stuff. And then the reality, if I could be honest, this is the last thing I'll say on that is for, for myself, I know I learned this from Ricky Minor. I learned it from Ray Chu. I learned it from, you know, watching Adam Blackstone, even Kern. Big shout out to Kern, who doesn't get the props that he should get as a musical Man. director that's been doing this a long time. A long time. Uh, long, long time. time. You, you pick as a musical director, you pick the people that you're comfortable with. I ain't got Absolutely. no problem with nobody else. I right. was just, for me, I was going to call, it was Rapture, my brother, Dante, <laughs> Craig. <laughs> Brockman, and Charlie Burrell, and Gerald King, Charlie, and then even for me, like on drums, the first person, when I can't do something, the first person I'm calling is Day Day. That just is what it is. I'm calling Day Day because I know it, it's easy for me. I ain't got time. I done put some people on some gigs. They done almost had to call me. I almost had to leave and fly out. And how am I going to fix this and do this right. and do that? So, you know, it's all about who you know. 
It's all about how you show up. It's all about the humility. That's the thing you supposed to learn humility in Sunday school. Humility show up because it it could a, a car accident can happen and your gift can be taken just like that. Absolutely. So every time I'm playing, I'm thanking God. I sit on them drums. I was yesterday. I was like, um, you know, I'm at country music television, the biggest show they got over there, and I'm sitting there like, Lord, I thank you for this gift because this could these could be done. But I thank you. I'm able to play. Hopefully, I'm able right. to just shine right. a light. Uh, you know, I don't go around. We're not preachy to people because I, I work with some atheists too, but I ain't running from them because I know what I got. <laughs> they they need me around them as much as possible. <laughs> so you know, so just for musicians that that's coming up and you're trying to get on, you just better be a good person uh, and don't wait for nobody to call you. Create your own thing. That's a good thing about 2021. You can create your own thing. So I've said enough. I've said enough on that. Let's do it. Now. I want to go, but you said something, Nissan, when we used to go, I remember getting the records and trying to see <laughs> everybody's name right. who played on the back of the records. I remember when Light Records was the man back in the day, Light oh, yeah. Records. If you weren't on oh, Light yeah. Records and Gospel, you, were, you weren't nobody. Right. And what you know, I got joy out of is as I got older, I got to meet some of these people. Mm -hmm. Got to work with some of these people, man. I remember looking and seeing Derek Dirksen yep. on the back of Commission wow. and the whinings. And then here it is. I get to Mike Matthews. He said, what you want to do, Neil? I said, I want to be in management. He said, you're going to be working with Derek Dirksen. Man, the feeling I got from knowing wow. that, even though that was the Suge Knight of Gospel, God rest in peace, rest in soul, <laughs> Derek Dirksen. Yeah, he was. But man, I learned a lot from Who were some of those artists that you read on the back of the records and then you got to meet them and got to chop it up with them? I'm going to start with Marcus. Well, for me, I, I, I'm going to go to the biggest. The reason I produce today would be Teddy Riley. Mm. Like, and, and would you say, Drew, you, that's what I was going to say? <laughs> um, nah, but and, and to to have the relationship I have with him, like literally, he, there's not a time I call that he don't pick up the phone or he don't call back. Like you know what I mean. Mm, so to okay. to be able to, I would tell everybody, my heroes in life are my friends or my brothers. Like you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. I don't have no TV heroes and nobody that I want to be like that I can't call. Right. You know what I mean. Right. So it would be it would be Teddy for me. Um, what was the, it, Marcus? That how did y'all tell the story of how it came together? How did you meet him? And it's all connected to the from the from the first thing I just told you from the Aaliyah thing. We I, Aaliyah was on the tour with Blackstreet and Kurt okay. was from, okay. funny. Okay. So Kurt connected. knew the only reason I really wanted to do the tour was to meet Teddy Riley, <laughs> <laughs> and we we got to Dayton, Ohio, and I was on the bus sleep, and Kurt came and woke me up. Was like, get up, Marcus, come on here. Kurt, uh, Teddy, sound checking. And he took me straight to Teddy and was like, yo, I was singing. I wasn't even playing on the Leah tour. I was singing. He was like, this dude is like Big Bub. And at the time, <laughs> Teddy Riley thought Big Bub was the greatest thing okay. in yeah. the world. So he was like, he ain't like no Big Bub. Kern was like, yes, he is. And he showed me and Gerald that day, like the talk box. He walked through yeah. it like you put the tube right here and the whole night. And we instantly clicked. And, and Dave Hollister was standing right there. And we've been brothers for I just did a show with him Sunday. Like wow. So that's it all connected. Like Nissan, yeah. this person connect to this, that connect to that. Like, you know what I mean? So that's amazing. Man, I, I love my Rolodex. Like these dudes, these superheroes to me. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
What was your connect, Nissan, uh, with your uh, reading those records and names? I'm gonna tell you the honest, a, a couple, but the one, the first the commission is my all time favorite group, <laughs> right? My all time favorite group, yeah, Gerald, they're from Detroit, yeah, my all time favorite. <laughs> yeah, group. And I remember, and, and I joke, I joke with Mike Williams about this one, you know, <laughs> when I saw them, they came to Palm Springs. And me and Warren was there, like it, that was like meeting Michael Jackson, us, you know. Wow. So that was the first thing. The second one was was when and even how I met Puff, which was a crazy story. Um, we was in the game. We was doing, you know, I was at the beginning. Was going working with the Timberland camp, and uh, one night, like I think in a matter of a couple months, just from my first placement which was on a Missy Elliott on the So, so Addictive record. Um, and I had a studio, I had a little studio out here in Whittier, California. And my, me and my production partner, Dante, we had the studio. I think he was there, I don't recall, but my phone rang. And it was my boy, Mike Daddy, who was an up and coming manager, but he used to cut Puff's hair. And uh, he cut Timbaland's hair, rather. But he grew up with Puff and he called me and said, somebody want to talk to you. And, I said, okay. And then I hear, yo, yo, playboy, what's up with this? <laughs> and uh, I said, this needs something. He said, it's Puff. I said, wow. Uh, he said, man, you got some heat over it. What are you using? He was inquiring about what I was using to do my production when I just started. And then it was about 1 a.m. He said, man, can you get to New, to New York? I said, when? He said, there's a flight that leaves at 7 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> and so we flew to New York, and then that's how my connection with Puff started. And we've been, you know, rocking together and cool ever since. But to meet him, because that Bad Boy era was a huge thing for me. Just 90, you know, even when Gerald came out, you when Gerald, uh, when you uh, did the show with the Locks back in the day, who shout out to the Locks who just murdered and, and Gerald oh kids that God. just murdered them. Oh my God. Oh my God. Man, kids everybody's listen. talking about the Locks. They done made oh SOB. Listen, the kids. Man, I'm gonna give it as soon as people as soon as I get a chance, I'm bringing them to the church to say something just because. <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah, I was meeting Puff and then seeing that situation. I was like, this is unreal how this is happening but I, but I got one more but the reality of it even before commission is I didn't trip off of the other, all the other artists I met and I don't met everybody I didn't trip because those that was famous to me was Bishop McMurray right. Hugh Rogers <laughs> Huey Rogers and Bishop David Ellis it didn't get no bigger than that when I was kids and right. I first met Huey Rogers I took dad that's dad that's Huey Rogers just can I go meet him and my, he took my dad took me to meet him and that was big. So when I started, I mean, you know, Puff, Beyonce, Jay, 50, anybody, Steve, like, Michael Jackson, like, everybody. I'm like, oh, that's cool. Well, Michael was a little different. <laughs> but, but the rest of them, I was like, oh, cool. Because I was, you know, I was fortunate to meet these people and, and just be cool with them to this day. Just a blessing. That's something about being sons yeah. of bishops and preachers. Right. At a young age, all of us on here can say, all the preachers that are at their pinnacle now, we all saw them when they were at the bottom. Absolutely. All of them. Wagner. All of them. I don't care how big you are. All of us on this screen can <laughs> say, we remember. I remember the biggest one came to the convention and had to borrow shoes because he couldn't come to the convention. He didn't have no shoes to preach in. 
Um, something else Nissan said. I'm gonna say something. Nissan was saying about how the pastors he named those were his superstars. You got you understand it when you most of the time uh the bishop or the first family, they're celebrities anyway. Like right, you know what right, I mean? Right. Like when you really step back and look at it, like they're already celebrities to a lot of people from the Clarks, from the Hattons. You right. know what I mean? Like Nissan, like they're already celebrities. So you're on a certain level. Anyway, so to meet somebody is like it's kind of like uh, okay, right. yeah, it's dope. but you know we, we cool already. You know what I mean? <laughs> All right, Gerald, tell your uh, your story. Mine kind of same. The, the first time Michael Brooks from Commission called my house and asked for Dietrich, <laughs> okay. <messed> me up. <laughs> and and for him to be and for him to be my cousin-in-law now. This is crazy. Uh, that, He's my yeah, hero, crazy. I, my cousin-in-law. But Michael Brooks, definitely uh, uh, Teddy Riley. First time meeting Teddy was like, yo, like I just met God himself because I was like, it didn't get better than him. But then also like the David Fosters and all them, like I was into producers. So to be able to take his hand or high five when they call and say, hey, I was told to call you. It like changed my life. That kind of stuff changed my life. And like I said, moving to L.A., and I, I would say to anybody that's watching, that's stuck in a place, I don't care what city or world you're in, that you feel like you need to be somewhere, you need to go wherever you feel like you need to go to do what you tell need them. to do. Good tell them, tell them. And I think moving to, moving because I grew up in Detroit, I was able to touch every artist in De, in Detroit. I mm -hmm. touched, um, um, like even Marvin Wine is, like Marvin Wine is just coming to my high school because he went to the same high school. He's just walking my music room out of nowhere. Be like, that's Marvin Wine. Oh my God, y'all. And, and then to end up playing for Marvin Winans, you know what I'm saying? For the mm -hmm. Winans, it was it was like whoa. But I got in a place where I was going like, man, I want more. So then Mario Winans uh, was working with Puff. So Mario used to fly me out to New York to play on stuff. So that's how I ended up doing the locks. I ended up doing Lil Kim, and I ended up doing some other stuff with him. But then I I feel stuck. Like, I'm sitting there stuck. Like and I, my exact words with the God, I never forget. I just got married now, and I'm like, I know it's more out here. Then here come Nissan calling me like, yo, Puff just called me. He said, this, this is one of Nissan's favorite words. If y'all have, I'm going to tell you something. Don't tell nobody. He's like, dollars. I'm going to New York tomorrow. I'm like, for real? So my mind's thinking like, I go to New York all the time and be in the office. Like, nigga, <laughs> Which if you never witnessed Puff, Puff this is a sidebar. If you never watch Puff walk into a room, to me, I call it the money glow. He got this money glow. Like when he walked, when he opened the door and walked in, you're like, dang, he got it. Um, Magic Johnson and Dr. J, them three black men that I seen with this money glow, when they walk into a room, you're like, yo, they got some on this, a whole nother beast. But anyway, um, but it changed your life. So I'm telling somebody that's on here who's stuck in a place that you may be sitting and saying like, man, I feel like my career is over. I saw, and Mike Lloyd posted a question in here, can you revive your career? I feel like you can, mm -hmm. but you may have to tweak your career because you may be at a certain age where you can't go out with the youngsters, but you find a group or, or a certain situation. This YouTube are making stars. Older people are stars. Mm -hmm. Everybody's right. stars. Everybody's going viral and people are, you showing up on Ellen DeGeneres for doing something stupid. Right, so right. anybody can you can revive your career. It's just a matter of what you get attached to. You can do something that you ain't even planning to do, and look you on TV or you playing with somebody. It can be done. And I'm I'm finding out something else, and I'm done. Nissan and and um, Divine said 
we're not the greatest musicians. I feel that way, and I found out yesterday I'm not a great musician. I went last night with um, Cornell Gaskin and the organist, and I'm standing there going, I can't play no good. I can't play. They can play. But here's the thing. I said on my live is that I know my lane. I know the favorites that's on my life, and I know who I am. So I, I thank God for that, and I know the ones who can play better than me, but I tell nobody, this is one thing you can't outdo. You can't outkiss no babies and shake no hands and kiss no babies. Then I can't. I, I'm a people I, right, I live off right. that because with talent, you can be the most amazing musician in the world and nobody want to deal with you. You yeah, can be the most yeah. amazing singer, the most amazing preacher, the most amazing right. everything, but, and nobody want to deal with you because you're an a-hole. Right. You're an SOB. The other That's SOB. And I say, too, on that, on top of that, you got, you definitely got to believe in yourself. Um, I have to think about Charlie Wilson. That's another one of my big people that I worked with for, for a minute. Um, I remember being at his concert with my mom, and I'm no lie. I literally cried at the concert. She was like, what is wrong with you? I'm like, I want to work with him. Two months later, we were on, on the gig together. Like, so it's just like you got to believe in yourself and make sure your energy points toward that way. Like, you know what I mean? And and do what you need to do. Um, and Gerald was just saying about us not being the greatest musicians. One thing about all three of us, we have dope administrative skills. And I, that's what keeps us going. Because I've seen Gerald put people on situations that he didn't go on. But he administrate the situation any good. I've seen Nissan do it a whole bunch of times. It's a lot of people that be on these tours and on these roads because of us. You don't see us, but they're there because of us. And we, I tell everybody, I'm the plug. I don't mind being the plug. I'm the plug. I don't have to do the tour. But I know mm -hmm. I, your confidence is in me. The same way as with me. If I call Nissan, I don't ever have to worry about whoever he's going to send. If I call Gerald, you don't have to worry. Like, you know what I mean? They're plugs, you know. And that's one thing we've established in this um, business over all these years. And Devon, you said something about plugs. People say all the time, like, they only mess with their crew. And I want to break this monotony of this saying mm -hmm. mess with your crew. Um, Nissan said it early. We mess with people that we know we can mess with. And what I mean by that is right. I can rock with you. I know that if I send you into this situation, you ain't going to make me look bad. Yeah. So the person who's saying, see, they only got their crew, I need you to step outside yourself and say, what is it about me? Why they won't deal with me? And I would even go as far as to ask them, like, hey, Nissan, what is it about me that's keeping me from being able to be on your team? Mm -hmm. What is it? And then Nissan is the kind of guy, like, I tell you, and he's very diplomatic. He say, well, if you just change whatever that is, and I'm straightforward, I'm like, one of the problems you talk too much. And nobody will deal with nobody who talks too much. And then or you don't shower. Or you don't take shower. Exactly. You only bust your shower. You only bust your thinking. Um, you talk too much, and then you're like, I don't even need to be here. Then go home. And one of the first things Kern and Kern name probably keep coming up. Kern taught me it, I learned the first thing. It's certain things where I learned from people to get on the tablet of my heart. He said, never mess with the artist. He said, because oh. that's the fastest way to get sent home. Wow. And I watched, and it, it one of the dancers to mess with, it was dating Aaliyah to get sent home. I said, oh, that's real. Go, go, go. Never mess with the artist. So basically, don't don't um use the bathroom where you eat. Right. So right. I had to learn it. Okay, stay away from that because you'll get hit home fast. It's the good right. things you write on your tablet of your heart. I'm like, mm -hmm. I got it. I got mm -hmm. it. I didn't get jobs because I'm the greatest musician. I got jobs because I, I was likable or you could right. trust me in the right. situation. The Bible says... A good name is to be desired above riches. Right. I live Man, on that. That's what he said. I don't need, I need all I don't need millions of dollars because I got millions of favors. 
I've literally got favor that could take me like anywhere. And it's been connected, connected, connected. The dots are connected. Mm. You know? That's so when, so true. when these young musicians say one thing is um they like their click. Oh, that's not you need to find you a clip that you can rock with because there are people that only rock with certain people. It's right. just a fact. So you need to find out who you want to be like. For now, there's an example. Eddie Riley is a producer who's one of the greatest producers in the world. He's produced for Michael Jackson. Oh, you name anybody, he's my hero. Mm. Right? Hero. Then you got a baby face, my hero. But then over here, you got David Foster, who's a whole nother monster. Right, it's, right. It's like, you say, like, can I be in both worlds? Or do I get stuck in the, I'm a hood producer, I'm a hood songwriter, I'm a, I'm a hood. Or can you say, no, I'm stepping my game up. I want to be able to, um, I can do corporate gigs. I can actually do the Ellen show, the um, Jay Leno show, the songs. I can be part of the real band. Those are the kind of things you have to ask yourself, like, what can I do? How am I, I going to reinvent myself to be able to be anywhere I want to be at any time? And uh, will you, I'm going to say something about when you say musicians be saying they only use their people. Even that statement would make me, I'm just saying me, me not call you for the simple mm -hmm. fact. That's a sense of entitlement. The mm -hmm. fact that what makes you special that I should even use you? Like, like how do you chastise me? For using my right. people, like right this, there. this, this situation that I call these people on, I created. So for you to look at it, for you to look at Marcus, he yeah. said it right. For you to look at it and judge it is already like, nah, I'm gonna keep my hands right. off of you. Right. See, the right. thing about it is, you build, you built that particular brand that the, that the artist or the label calls you. And as tough as those jobs are as musical director, which the average, the regular musician, 99% of them don't know. Like they may see me playing the drums, but you talk about administrative. What I just had to deal with over the past few days from, I, I went to do one show, ended up having to set up and do another show, especially in this virtual space of Jimmy Kimmel performance. Everything that it took, every last detail, the 200, plus emails I got from one company with the other 200 I got from the other, from the other side of the company, people don't understand it. And when I'm dealing with all that, I ain't got it. I don't need to be worrying about whether you over there being a jerk, whether mm. you ain't got no credit, whether you over there jacking up the hotel. We stand at these six star, five and six star to these high end hotels, uh, all of that. I ain't got time to worry about it. So like Ricky Minor, you see him, you're going to see who he uses. Adam Blackstone. Our boy, he gonna use who we need to use. I ain't, and, and we don't have to ever be mad about that because these people don't have the key to unlock the door to your destiny. If you are great, an opportunity will come to you. You don't have to go through, you don't have to go through me. You don't have to go through Adam. You don't have to go through Ricky Minor. You don't have to go through Ray Chu, Marcus, Gerald. It'll happen yeah. for you. You have, I mean, I'm, and we're talking, it's, 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 this is for our community, church musician, those that are desiring to be somebody. Sure your heart is right. God won't even give you the opportunity. If you're going uh, if you're abusing everything else, you know what I'm saying. Right. So and I'll, I'll leave it alone because I can really no, go there and get and, it. And, yeah, and it's like bread, Nissan. Like you don't walk in the store and be like, "It's more than one type of bread in here." What are they? What are they doing with all these different? Like I don't never get in Nissan way. Nissan yeah. never get in my way. I don't get in Gerald way, and we all MD for some of the biggest right. stars right. in the game. Adam, I don't get. He don't get in my way, but we all friends. I've actually programmed. For uh, the BET Awards for Adam, people, you you don't know that, but 
we don't get in each other's way. And I don't look at Gerald and be like, I can't believe Gerald doing Mary Mary. And he ain't <laughs> called me to do Mary Mary. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, I, that thought process is crazy to me. Like Nissan said, you got to be able to make your own situation in your own way. Got it. Most people think they want to be the music director. But oh. man, when I tell you, you got to deal with the manager, the fickle artist. You got to deal, and man, and I'm doing this Millennium Tour. I'm doing three artists at one time. That's what I was about that's, to say, because you that's your gift. Marcus, you, you'll be on tour three, four, five people handling all of them, handling yeah. the various personalities within the one group, the various managers, <laughs> crews, dancers, right. everybody. Right. And, and right. I, I want to shout you out for that, Marcus, because you do that exceptionally well. I've seen that wow. many times over the years. You know what Thanks, I'm saying? Bro. People don't understand the work that goes into it. They want it. But hey, it's work. Wow. It's, it's crazy. work. So I'm, it's like I'm hearing it's a theme. It's like pastoring. Yeah, well, shut up, girl. Work. <laughs> Growing up in church, you okay. all have all of these tools that you took with you to, let's say, the secular world, the R&B world, dealing with people, dealing with attitudes, dealing with spirits. But That's I'm hearing a theme from you all, and I'm hearing integrity. Absolutely, that is what we were Definitely. taught. People will Absolutely. work with people who are integral, yep. who are likable. I tell people all the time, you can sing just as well as the next person down the street, but if they don't like you, they're not calling you. That's very true. Yep. And I, they don't like you, they're not calling you. And I tell people, you know, I'm glad for some of the things, a lot of things we learned in church. I, like they taught us, don't lie. Because if you lie, you're going to hell. But when I got into the real world, don't lie. Because some people gonna trust you, right? People will hire you if you don't lie. People can give you money; they'll do things for you if they can trust right. you. It's not yeah, just right. because you going to hell; just lie to, to be a good person. Be a good, <laughs> have some character, more character, more fiber. And Ty, right. on another note, being a musician in church for me, what it helped me do is be able to maneuver in any situation because if you ever if you ever want to be thrown in a situation you don't know how to get out of be at church go to church <laughs> good practice and ground markets that, that's Man. good training, good Absolutely training. Good <laughs> and then growing up in church with Gerald over there one thing I will say I love about being with Gerald all those years is everything we did everything big and when I say yeah. big like everything was a production we was first people doing talk box in morning service. Like, MPC, like everything was a, oh, it had to be bigger than life. And that helped me transition to the stadiums and to the Got it. big, you know, arena. But the Harry brothers have always, always been in their turn. It wasn't just us. It was having friends who all were like, the dope thing we had, and, and I think the greatest thing my father let us do, and I, I was like really excited it. Even when I think about it, back about it, he never put limits on us. Like he would let us go. We would go to the church. He'd come in. We got the full sound system on, yes. <laughs> just making yes. all kinds of noise. Yes. And then he'd be like, "Don't tear it up." <laughs> but he let us do it, and we would we would literally practice. And that's how we actually. That's how I got into producing records. My dad let us produce our first church choir record. Um, and like we were writing songs. Dietrich and I were all writing songs in church. And we mm -hmm. ended up producing a record and got signed to Ty Sky Records. And from there, it started going, you know, like, all right, let's keep trying this. Let's keep seeing how to do it. We learned by mistake. Literally, yeah. the way I learned how to play keys, the way I learned how to play drums, mm -hmm. everything was like, just go, fly. You can do it. Go. Yeah. 
practice yep. on this at church. I played in C every Sunday at our church when it was in A flat. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Every Sunday when I come up as a kid, I learned, I had to learn. My parents, he said, bear with them. I'm going to use them. Come on, come on, put them in this key. What key, what key we sing this song in? I bet C. <laughs> like, here we go, let's go. I know, I know it if it's in C. But then they let me grow. They let me grow. I love it. But that is something I am thankful for the church for, especially for musicians. And I think and I singers. always tell people some of the best musicians in the world. If you didn't start, you if you didn't start in the church, to me, I kind of question if you really, you know, I'm kind of partial because to me, you get a, the sound is different, the feel is different. Yeah. yeah. Everybody that has that has the ear, you can tell when a singer has been a church singer. Or if they just been a pop or just a regular singer all their life. There's something about, I guess we say the anointing, if that is what it really is. But there's a sound and a uniqueness that breed it from the church. And and the church people are tough. That's a tough crowd. Because if you ain't singing or saying that, they're going to sit there and look at you. That's true. They're going to look at you. So you got to figure out a way how to get it going. It was bigger than church people. You go to the wrong city. Like you go to New York, Apollo. Yes. And they're they gonna that ain't even church, they just gonna do this. It was New York, they're gonna go and they hard, hard, yeah. And, hard. and another thing uh, for, for like uh church musicians, too, we didn't touch on is rehearsing. Remember, we used to rehearse eight, nine, 12 hours a day for no pay. <laughs> but I think what happened is the internet and then technology got everybody thinking they don't want to rehearse unless they get paid. Like, and, and I don't care what level artist it is, what they're paying for rehearsal. Be like, hold on. Yeah. But when yeah. you come when you come from a school of 12 hour rehearsal, that's why I work today, 30 years later. Right. Because I rehearsed yeah. every day. My mindset is we don't leave this house until it's right. Gerald turned this whole dining room into a rehearsal hall <laughs> <laughs> at his yeah. house. Like we used to literally rehearse all day long. Mm-hmm. And all night, just making noise. And, but, and, and the same thing, I fly to LA, go stay with Nissan. All the fellas will come over. We'll do what we did, what I did last night. We do a Nissan church. Wow. Pull up this organist or drummers, just drum sets. And organ. It, it would be music overload. But we always did it, but it was fun. It was fun. And it was before the internet, it was before cell phones, it was before distractions. Let's say that. <laughs> so that's going to segue us into our next question. Musicians, church musicians, and pay. The big debates. Should they be paid? Or should they not be paid? I say say if a a church can afford to pay their musicians, pay them what you can afford to pay them. I grew up, I didn't get a dime. I didn't get a dime plan, but I lived in my daddy's house. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> right. you know what I'm saying? But I didn't get a dime. And the reality is for me, is I personally told the Lord, I say, if you take care of my, help me take care of my business, you know what I'm saying? I always take care of your business. You know what I'm saying? I always make sure the house of the Lord and what was happening in the presentation with the people was great. So that's me. I, I, I don't okay. I think there's a few things in that though. Some churches, when you look at the when you look at the percentage of money that's given, hundred percent, like you shouldn't be spending sixty percent of the budget on a band. You shouldn't be spending okay. 60, 70 percent 
Okay. So you should be spending 60% on how to bless that community. Now, mm. some ain't going to like it. Now, now people ain't going to like it. Uh, this is too low. I wouldn't play for this. Listen, if you want a career in music, don't go to the church for a career. Right. Come on. No. No. You want a career? Wow. You, yeah, you he may be able to. Knowledge. You may be able to play it. You may be able to pay a bill or something, and it's a blessing. Wow. But no, nah, you want a career? Get out there and hustle. Go play in a club. Wow. You're looking for a career, but don't. If the church is blessed enough to do it, then you have a leader that's a good steward over the the money. He should be like it, it, you know. You shouldn't, musicians shouldn't be going home with, with, with nothing and the pastor walking away with everything. That's a whole nother subject, which we need to we'd say that for part two. Because so many right. preachers <laughs> trying to live a certain lifestyle and not take care of the things. It ain't about okay. this, the church business, is not about your lifestyle. But the musicians, if they can get some, get like me, I tell my guys, this is what I could do. And let's work it out with your time and so forth and so on. And we're blessed to do that. Some people, there are a lot of pre preachers that be lying. Say, I meet me there. I'm giving giving checks and checks bouncing and all that foolery. Just say, be honest. Say what it is. Don't be, Absolutely. you know, doing that foolery. But but it, that's a that's a that's a whole segment. We might have to have one. Yeah, that's a whole. This is yeah, this question here is loaded. This is loaded yeah. question because I believe I believe not just the musicians. One of my problems is, and I'm learning now being a pastor, is the musicians get paid, but the singers don't get paid. paid. Now that's another you're question. Gonna, you're gonna be even. Everybody need to be making money. Across the board, what makes the musician uh, more valuable than a singer whose voice ah, they're doing like this? You know, so it's catch twenty two. But I, I echo what Nissan said because I'm in the phase now of a pastor who's looking at it. Um, I, I was minister music at a church that paid me very well. Then, then to come down to this, like okay, so now I'm in charge that I'm supposed to pay out the money, and I have been for years. Some y'all need to give musicians money. You need to pay this. All, all, all. Now I'm in that driver's seat going like, wait a minute, we can't afford to <laughs> give you this or give you that. But Nisa said it very well by not making a career out of it. And right. I'm learning now if musicians stop chasing, I'm learning in my life at almost 50 to stop, chase, don't chase money. I'm not. I'm no longer chasing money or opportunities. Mm -hmm. I'm chasing God and if I chase God, everything else is going to follow. Chase kingdom. And I'm chasing kingdom. And once I get kingdom and I'm learning this as I'm growing, like, wait a minute, I didn't know this already. I was always like, I got to have a, I got to know I'm going to chase kingdom. And I'm going to chase God. Once I get God, everything else going to follow. He's not going to let me hit the ground. He's never, he's never done it. You know, so that's why, I'm at, that's why I'm at when it comes to even church. That's not walking to like, man, I don't need no money. I have musicians playing for me right now for my church. I don't pay them a dime. And then when I give them money, the bass player who plays in my church said to me, I sent him $75 the other day for gas money. I said, thank you. Right? He um, he FaceTimed me and said, don't ever send me no money again. Mm. The, drummer, the drummer that plays for our church said, don't ever send me no money. You don't have to ever send me no money. He said, I believe it. I go here. And they're tithers. Ah, okay. That's another question. They're not just, they're, not just, they're tithers. And so it's a church called help. <laughs> And, but it even hired help. Here's the other thing. It goes in the favor. I got a Rolodex. It says breathe musicians. It's about 15 musicians on there. Of friends here in, in Atlanta that comes to play their rotating band that comes to help breathe. Breathe. Mm, Literally, it. if I fall where our bass player can't make it, I go to the band. Hey, hey, can you make it? Hey, you, are you? He like, I got you. No worries. Hey, 
you know, just throw me some gas money. If they say that, got you. Thank you. So I have a Rolex, but it's a church here called 12 Stones. And y'all probably know it, Pat and Todd. Y'all know a church called 12 Stones? No. Y'all mm-hmm. heard of them here? Okay, they're out my way. Because you know I'm up north. Battle Mall of Georgia. They literally have 12 to 15 campuses called 12 Stones. Their biggest wow. campus, about four or 5,000. They got campuses everywhere all out here. Like literally, you come out my way, it's 12 Stones everywhere, right? Wow. They have, first, first of all, they have some of the best sound I've ever heard. That's first. Second is I hired their musician, the keyboard player came um, to look at my basement to fix something. And I come to find out he played, because when he came down and saw my equipment, he said, I play. Oh man, he said, I play at church, 12 stones. I said, I know 12 stones, I see them everywhere. He said, yeah, I said, how is y'all pay system? He said, I don't get paid. They said, am I still there or no? No, go ahead, say it again, what did you say? Oh, he said, we don't get paid. He said, we don't take money to pay, um, to play. He said, I'm a contractor. He said, I'm a six-figure dude. <laughs> he said, I don't, need okay. I don't need their money. He had other stuff going on where it's not like I depend on this church money. To, I, I depend on a $500 a week salary to pay my bills. It's impossible. I used to argue this with my pastor back in the day. I said, Pastor, I got a lot of bills here. And I hate to tell you this, your check alone here at the church ain't covering all the bills I got. Ain't nobody but God taking care of my bills. Literally. Mm-hmm. Literally. You know, and when I sit back and look at, if you go to look at bank accounts and go like, how in the world <laughs> I'm doing what I'm doing and, and doing this like every every month like clockwork and haven't missed a beat. Mm-hmm. Oh, but it, it's nothing but God, man. I'm telling you. I, I, ain't trying to be, you know, I know you got to go, Nisha. I got to jump. I just wanted to say, I, I'm going to just tell, I'm going to exit out. I got to go pick up my son. All right, man. But Appreciate you. Get him late. But hey, part two, please, SOBs, have me back. Let's go. We're gonna have another one. If the people want us to come back, we coming back. We coming Do the back. People want you to come back. Love you too, E. I love y'all, man. I love you, bro. But man, on what drill? Go ahead. Um, what, yeah, now I'm just saying on what Drew was saying about the um the pay and not making it a career. I remember at, when I was playing at his daddy church, you know, when you first start, when I first started. Things was tight, you know what I mean. I think I mean I started off making a hundred dollars a week playing bass, but but when my production career moved like picked up to meet my tithes, I would literally give the hundred dollars and had to add to it. Like my tithes was more than what I was making at church. Like you know what I mean. And to the point, I went and told his daddy, like, "Hey, I want you to take me off a of payroll. You know, don't pay me no more." Because I need to be a little more free to move around, you know what I mean, to do what I needed to do. But like Gerald said, you you get to a point you're like, yo, why are you trying to make a career out of this? Go make, go get you know money somewhere else. Like you know what I mean. You got to be more than just just like five hundred dollars. If you can tip with five hundred dollars a week, that's bad anyway. The way I see it. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Man, this has been Don't a five hundred dollars a week help. No, 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 no. That's not what I'm no, saying. I'm saying no, no. I know you're not saying that. I'm saying if somebody on here be like, "Well, that five hundred, don't get me wrong, that five hundred dollars come in handy." But if you content right. with five hundred dollars a week, it's like, whoa. And at one point, I felt that way. Like I'm good, and I call it the bu- I call it the bubble. I call it I, the Detroit bubble because I'm from Detroit. It's it was a Detroit bubble that you could find yourself in. And tell me if I'm wrong. You can correct me, Marcus. You could go to a musical because I had a brand new truck. I always kept a brand new car. Always, but not realizing that 
where I realized that all my money was going to the to the truck for the car I had. And I may have a hundred bucks in my pocket, put some gas in there, and I'm down to 50 bucks. And I go to a musical and they like, hey, that's your hat. Here, oh, you see his new truck? Oh, oh. Detroit, that's the Detroit bubble. Not knowing I'm broke as a skunk. And if we, if we go to um, Denny's or Ram's home tonight, I can't afford to do that because my next check ain't coming until about seven days. But and the, then don't. I got a pair of car notes. But the dope part for you and, you know, and a lot of people, a lot of SOBs is Bishop was kind of a safety net to you, too. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, everybody don't have that opportunity or that 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 safety net to be like, oh, I don't, I don't want to give you. But they were going to never let you be without. Like, you know now what I'm saying? That's the truth. That's the truth, Marcus. But you know. then it, it took me having to think more bigger than that. Does that make sense? Yeah, I got totally. tired of going to musicals being broke driving a brand new truck and having to go to my daddy and say, hey, dad, can you help me? So-and-so, can you help me? I got tired of that and said, I want more. Mm -hmm. So where's more? And I was like, yo, I want to do this. So then I started looking for more. Yeah. You know? Man, this yeah. has been a great talk. I enjoyed we everything. Enjoyed you all. And I know that our audience got some great, great jewels tonight. We appreciate y'all. We thank you. Thank you. Uh, like I said, it's been great. I've had a good night tonight, and I'm glad that you guys have came. Make sure you support these individuals, these gentlemen. Google them. Buy their records. They're on all the major digital platforms you can put their names in and you will see their music gerald hatton thank you brother thank you brother hatton. marcus divine thank oh. you i love you man yeah, i love you too Steve. man thank you thank you thank appreciate y'all man it's an honor it's an honor thank you it really is thank you. Pat. <laughs> all right man peace love y'all man love i love you too bro you. all right <laughs> Man, this was a great that show. That was a wonderful show. I hope y'all got some good nuggets. Man, man. He man. said, if you are trying, don't do no career out of church. Right, right. And you know, it's, and you got permission for all you church musicians trying to make that transition. Go ahead and step out the box. Like he said, we, we go to church day in, day out, and you're Bible class, you're at choir rehearsal, you're here, there. You have everything in you. To do it, to do it, but so get that it. fear. Let that fear, fear go. go. Let Same. that fear go, and take your music career higher. Take God with you. But um, it's been a great. It was great. Now that was a heavy hidden show. Heavy hidden show. Yep, yep. That was good. You actually that was know good. these people for real. <laughs> I was famous before they were. I love it. I hope you all had a good time. And let us know. We'll actually have a part two. Yes, and yes. we would love to. Um, so what else you got? Okay, don't forget the Rent Party Project. My project oh. is out. Todd's Rent Party Project. Our next show, August we, the 19th. August the 19th, we will be dealing with mental health. Back to school. Centered around going back to school during this pandemic for the kids. We have a panel of uh, professional mental health workers. Dr. Brown, psychologist Marsha Moore, Dr. Lynette Hennigan. We will be on August the 19th. 19th. We're going to have a show talking about mental health for the parents, for the children, uh, how to deal, how to cope, because school is not regular anymore. Right, it's right. not normal anymore, and it's a lot anxiety. Let's just say it's, 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 anxiety, it's anxiety going Right now, going back to school is not like when we got dressed, you put on your new clothes and you went to school. Right, right. Now we got do you wear the mask? Yes. 
Do New they teachers. even know? This is for the educators. This is for the teachers. This is for the school administrators. So we're going to have a show helping you get through mental health during going back to school for you and your children. And um, yeah, that's on August the 19th. You got to join us. It's going to be good. Yes. Once again, make sure you like this page, subscribe to our YouTube page. We need to get our numbers up at the YouTube page. Go over there tonight and click hit the subscribe. So, you know, when we put things up over there, make sure you go there. Like us on Facebook. Uh, hashtag SOBTV. Hashtag S Sons of a Bishop TV. Uh, we need to get our numbers up. We thank you for coming thank out you. tonight. Uh, it's been a great show. My name is Todd C. My name is Kenny Pat. And we're out. Now get. Peace. Chris Nick, and that was for you. Get. <laughs>